Hi, this is Scott Coates from the Sonic Collective. I am giving my review here for my pick for March 2017. It is Neil Young's After the Gold Rush. And following this review, you'll hear all the other guys from the Sonic Collective record collectively and chat about their thoughts about it from Calgary, Alberta, due to time changes. We couldn't all hook up this time. But this album is actually the first Neil Young album I ever listened to from start to finish. And I couldn't believe, kind of in February, when I I was thinking of my album and I thought of Neil Young that I'd never actually listened to a whole Neil Young album. So this thing came out in 1970. So wow, three years before I was even born. And it kind of came to my attention while watching Dave Grohl's documentary Sound City. And one of the many people featured in that documentary was Neil Young mentioning that he had recorded some of the vocal tracks for this album and some of the other parts at Sound City. So put it on and what did I think? Well, number one, something struck me about this album that's come up on a few recent albums from the 70s as well, and that's the length. I think this thing is only about 35 minutes long. And a lot of albums, it seems, in the 70s were about 35 minutes. And you know what? I think it's a great length. If it's my favorite band and the material's super strong, yeah, an hour is great. But it seems back in those days when I think of old, say, like a great Van Halen album or this one, they were about 35 to 40 minutes. And in a way, it was only the good stuff. There wasn't filler on these albums and every song you liked. And by the time it was over, you sort of wanted some more. So I've actually listened to this like twice in a row because I got through it and I sort of wasn't tired of Neil Young. So I think, one, there's just a bit of a lesson in length of an album. Like, I'd rather a shorter album with great tracks that makes me want to come back and listen to it quickly. And from the first track on this, like Tell Me Why, you're really in kind of an acoustic wonderland. And this does sound like something from the 70s. It reminded me that this time period was a different era when songwriting was sometimes thoughtful and expressive. And, and you can really kind of like, it sounds a bit cheesy, but feel young soul on this one. He's singing about stuff that he really thinks about and believes in and is passionate about. And then, you know, a track like Old Man that I knew, I'd heard it many, many times, but when you really listen to it, man, it is a seriously moving song. And another thing I loved about this album, and I guess it's just Neil Young in general, is that his voice, like in some ways I don't like the high pitchedness, but in another way, it's super unique. Like there's no other guy that sounds like Neil Young. And when you hear him sing, you immediately know it's Neil Young. My favorite track on the album was Birds, and I think maybe because it's featured in Sound City as they're closing the Sound City studio, it's a pretty emotional moment in the documentary, but it's it's really, to me, the masterpiece on this album, and it's, it is fantastic, and you know, it, it just, it really stirs something in me, and I couldn't tell you the lyrics, you know, without it on, but man, it is a really, really deep song that really connected with me, and then, you know, When You Dance, I Really Love, that's another really great track with overtones of Young's rockability that comes through on other albums. I mean, you have some acoustic, but you start to get a little bit of, bit more electric impact coming through in the back, but not big, which then reminds you of the later stuff that Young has done, like Rockin' in the Free World, or that this guy can really kick it on electric guitar too and then you know cripple creek fairy the last song not my favorite on the album but it just sort of is like the perfect soft ender to this and maybe kind of think of like what a soothing journey this album is and this to me is really kind of the perfect sunday morning with a coffee and and book album and well 
I don't think I'm a, a Neil Young super fan, and I'll probably slowly listen to more of his catalog, and I'm, you know, I'm interested in him, but this one was, was pretty darn good, and it's just rich and, and full, and I'm going to give it kind of, you know, fours and four and a half all the way through the category. So, yeah, you know what, final score for this one, I'm going to go a, a four on it. Um, great Canadian artist, which has a bit of a special part in, in, part in my heart, but, you know, this is a solid album, and I think if you're exploring kind of the history of rock, this is a pretty important one. So, hope you enjoyed it, and remember, following right after this one, the other guys will talk about their impressions of this album, so stay tuned. Well, thank you, Scott Coates from Thailand. Uh, we appreciate that uh, you made this pick, and uh, it is now myself, Darren Scott, and I'm with Scott Gregory and Alan Dupuy in Calgary. And uh, now it is our turn to uh, pick up where Scott left off and give our three uh, views of the uh, Neil Young album, After the Gold Rush. And maybe I'll just start to uh, you know, open it up to you guys. Uh, maybe, uh, Alan, why don't you start us off and just give us some impressions of uh, the album. Sounds good. Um, this album took quite a bit of repeat listening before it started to grow on me. <laughs> the first time I hit yeah. play, I was instantly like, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this voice. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a weird mm -hmm. voice. Um, you know, yeah, so I was in the same boat. One of the biggest questions in my mind was like, how did Neil Young become such a folk hero sounding like that? Like, how could anyone take him seriously? But, um, you know, once you listen to the lyrics and kind of parse through it and, and reflect on them. It's clear he's got something to say. And I, I would say the vocals are by far, at least for me, the, uh, the weakest part of the whole thing. The songwriting's really good. The instrumentals are really good. And, uh, you know, once you kind of get used to that shrill, odd vocal thing that he does, um, you know, I think the album actually gets kind of catchy. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, in the end, it, it did take a number of listens, but, you know, it was good. The 70s were a different time. Yeah, they must yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Alan and I were talking briefly, but waiting for you to join Scott, and I thought so, too. You know, like, I got to say, I, I respected who Neil Young was, but I've never been, I've, I've brought this up many times, never been, like, a slow folky kind of music fan. I, I've, I've erred on the more upbeat and, uh, I guess, yeah, just, just that, more upbeat uh, types of music, whether it be punk or even rap or different th sides. But and I also struggled with his voice, and I, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate it. I remember Dave Grohl's always said something, too. Like He's like, oh, American Idol's BS because there's judges say, you don't have the perfect voice, but he's like, then we never have artists like Neil Young or Bob Dylan even that don't have great voices. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was totally with you, Alan, on that. Like, Scott, what did you think? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the Bee Gees were active at this time, so Neil Young sounds <laughs> like a baritone compared to them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I found it, like, when he's working in his low register, like on, say, Birds on this album, I mm -hmm. just can't get enough of it. But then he goes high, and the first three or four songs on the album, I was with you, Alan, it just leads right in. He's like, Wah! and I'm like, oh, my God. I, I like Neil Diamond songs, but I don't like Neil Diamond. Or not Neil Diamond. <laughs> Neil Diamond. Yeah. Where did he come oh, from? Yeah. That's next uh, month's review, by the way. Yeah, Spoiler no, alert. Not. No, it's no. not. Neil <laughs> Young. I'm like, I, I don't like Neil Young. Like his voice, when he hits that high register, it kills me. The only time I really like it is, say, on Southern Man uh, or 
on another album, say Old Man is the perfect example where he really saves it for the chorus when he's going high energy, mm-hmm. and then I can get into it. But if he's just cruising through an entire song for like three minutes way up there, I, yeah, you lose yeah. me. Yeah. Totally. But I found, and like Alan, and maybe you could finish your thought there, but you know, I found it did grow on me. And as I listened to it throughout the month, like almost every time I'm like, you know, I kind of like it a little better. And yeah. you, know, you know, what did you think? Who are you talking to, me or Scott? Oh, you, Alan. Oh, yeah. No, pretty much. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna agree with Scott actually, but the Southern Man comment, like, just the vocals there, it it almost kind of worked on that track, and I think that track was probably, for my part, the or in my opinion anyway, the strongest one. Yeah, it's um, funny. I had that written down as well. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, definitely my favorite track. But even even those high pitched early ones, like "Tell Me Why" and "After the Gold Rush," they just after a few times, you kind of start to like it. Oh, I, I think we, I think we lost Alan. Yeah, Alan, okay. come back. He'll reconnect. I see he's trying to reconnect. Um, that's okay. We we can that continue hacked. and he he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah. So we're using uh, ZenCaster. The good people at ZenCaster. Um, good service, <laughs> but uh, it has uh, it has kicked us off in the past. Great time to do a shout um, out. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, really, this album, and maybe I'll just you know, spew out some facts. I don't know what Scott has said before us because we record separately. But I mean, this you know, this album, first of all, his third album, 1970. He had um, he had really started you know early in his career by himself, and then he went to Buffalo Springfield with Stephen Stills, and then uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young had recorded an album, and then they all kind of broke off and went their separate ways and recorded these. Uh, acoustic sounding albums all of them really did and uh, his band um, uh, Crazy Horse he kind of left them he used them a little bit but it was mostly him and he recorded it in his like house like I think yeah. he, like, he, had, he brought in stills a bit too there on oh the, yeah on stills. the album as well so yeah. at least on one of the tracks if I remember right yeah totally yeah so you know, a re- really interesting time, and in 1970, and he was still pretty young at this point, and uh, mm. um, and working on his guitar. And even though his voice um, is, is kind of weird, I mean, I think he gets really known for. Um, well, he was considered. A lot of people say he's the godfather of grunge. Hilarious enough, and yeah. he, he, he did like uh, him and uh, Pearl Jam did a, an album together, right? Like uh, at a concert, and he toured with them because. Um, and I know uh, Foo Fighters did as well, like earlier in their career, because they really saw him. He started with uh, the guitar. And uh, I had mentioned before the Rush Never Sleeps album. I highly encourage you to, to listen to that. It's a lot more upbeat and rocking uh, with Crazy Horse. And he does, the guitar is very grungy for that period of time. Well, and if you yeah. get into, like, say, Harvest Moon and stuff like that, I feel his voice doesn't change a huge amount, but I feel he uses it a little differently. You know, he moves through the ranges a little bit better on that one. Mm -hmm. He's still kind of in a folksy kind of mode there, but, um, but I can feel the difference between these two albums 20 years apart. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and we, we kind of alluded to it, but I guess what are your, what were your favorite, I guess, tracks off it? And I think we all said Southern Man. That was definitely one of mine. And funny enough, one of the more upbeat ones, which we were. Yeah, doing. I like that. Birds was definitely my favorite out of all of them. I like the pacing on it. Uh, I like the fact that the piano, he really played that out instead of moving through uh, the guitar like he does on practically every other song. Obviously, he's a guitar player, right? But yeah. But I really liked him being accompanied by a piano in that one. And I think those were really only the two songs that, that I liked off of this entire album that I would actually throw on my playlist. I uh, 
enjoyed the diversity uh, of instruments that he had across all of them. He actually had the flugelhorn yeah. until morning comes, which I really liked. But I, you know, I found that was my earworm song. That was the song I'm like, I'd just be in the car. The morning comes. Uh, uh, just about Alan, are you back? Yes, I, think I, I am yeah. back. Welcome yeah. back. Sorry, Sorry. I didn't know what happened there. That was weird. No. Till the morning we, comes was a good track. I will agree with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and Alan, basically, we just I just kind of uh, said some facts about the album and stuff like that. But uh, and we were just talking about uh, some of our favorite tracks. So you came back and we were talking about Southern Man and saying that that Till the Morning Comes stuck in. Anyway, uh, what were your favorite tracks? Till the Morning Comes. <laughs> Sounds like one minute long. Yeah. Like, did he just not finish the song? And he's yeah. like, ah, screw it. We got enough room on the front side. Let's just throw it in. <laughs> yeah. Cripple Creek Ferry. I don't know if you guys mentioned that while I was... No, not yet. That's a that's a catchy one too. Hey, mm-hmm. hey. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's funny. Like, you know, you talk about you make fun of them. But like, dang, if those songs don't stick in your head. And, um, I know, and and when really, I think maybe that's that's the conversation to have uh, is, you know, maybe his voice isn't improving and it's not perfect, but man, he is a heck of a songwriter, and and tons of people have covered him, obviously, and it it goes on and on. And just recently, I'll, I'll admit, I have a guilty pleasure that is Iggy Azalea. Really? <laughs> yeah, and, and her first album, but she just released a new song called Bounce, and I was like, oh, I gotta listen to it, and I listened, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the dumbest song in the history of mankind, and I just realized, I'm like, wow, I really appreciate Neil Young now, like, uh, there's so much gar- garbage and pop and uh, music, and it's just so overproduced and manufactured, you realize when you had a true songwriter artist that could just sit there on his guitar, and like, I think that's what really has sucked me in, and you know, I, I did enjoy it, and and liked him. I don't know. What were your thoughts? Yeah, like I like, if you go back into the same time frame, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I'm a gigantic Chris Christopherson fan. Oh, I didn't know that. For a lot of the same reasons, very strong writing, his voice, no one would put him, you know, at the top of the list as far as strong voices that are really carrying. Johnny Cash, even people would not put him at the, I don't know how to put it other than that right they, they'd say he has a crappy voice or what are you doing you don't have this smooth kind of Frank Sinatra voice going for you but the package is something different it's unique their songwriting really carries them and I think Neil Young just falls into that category where it hits the ear differently than everything else that's going on at the moment the the lyrics really speak to you the song itself as far as instruments sounds really great like i said there's a lot of diversity from horns to the harmonica the guitar lots of piano mm-hmm. um yeah when when they're always saying we're looking for that next new voice these days i think it's really going back to try and recreate that moment where you weren't just manufactured boy bands you were someone rising up out of the uh, the field based on some of these unique kind of you know scars and bruises Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, what, um, you know, what kind of uh, score are you guys thinking for this particular album in your head, set of five? Like, I guess what, in the end, you know, what did you really think of the album? Uh, see, I, I don't <laughs> want to go first because I, I don't think I've ever given a, a three before. But... Oh, really? It's all personal opinion. And he's Canadian, and I really don't want to give one of the few Canadians we've reviewed a three, but I I like some of his later work. Like I said, Harvest Gold 
is one of the greatest albums I've ever listened to. But yeah. this one, it's too early. He's still figuring things out. Uh, spends too much time in the high register for my tastes. I'm I'm landing on a three. What about yeah. you guys? Yeah, Alan? Uh, you know, I'm kind of with Scott, but I'm going to actually, I can't even believe this. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I'm, I'm going to be generous. Now, if you'd asked me this, you know, on the first go around the album, I would have been like, no, nah, that's a solid one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But it, it just, it grows on you. And I, I can't explain why. Maybe it's just the, a testament to the songwriting abilities and the, you know, the song structures and the, the way they record. I, I don't even know, but it, it definitely grew on me. And a three and a half is probably where I'm going to land on it. Um, it's the harmonica. Yeah. The harmonica when you over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could have done with some banjo, maybe. I don't know. Banjo would have been a four. I would have bumped it to a four. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, I I can't say that I'll probably listen to it a whole lot in the future. But you know, I might yeah. come back to Southern Man. I might come back to Till the Morning Comes. Yeah, listen to Russ, listen to the Russ Never Sleeps album. I think you guys would like that a little bit more. Um, yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, for myself, like I said, I, I had trouble getting into this as well. I, you know, I looked it up. It, it was of uh, the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time for rock, it, number 74. Wow. Uh, it came in, yeah. Uh, but it, it is, and it's funny. I'm sure you've read the uh, Wikipedia and other information on it, but it, it did receive mixed reviews. It wasn't really critically uh, acclaimed at the time. There was kind of people like, well, I don't know. It's a little same thing, same complaints. Like, his voice isn't that strong, and things like that. Um, and I think they would be comparing to, because Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young had just had a, a massively successful album. I think it was their first album together. Um, mm -hmm. So they were all following up, and they're like, well, it's not as good as that. I think that's what they ran into a lot of. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I've, I've gone back and forth. I, You know, I'm trying not to, like you, Scott, I'm pretty uh, dedicated to Canadian artists. I, I do 100% really appreciate what he's done and his talent, and I think his songwriting. That's what that's what really stood out for me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go slightly higher than you guys. I'm, I am gonna go a four just because I, I do understand the significance of this. You know, I would say a four. It deserves a four. I'm gonna give it to it. But personally, I agree. I think I might come back to it the odd time. I'm I don't own it on vinyl. I usually reserve that for like the stuff I really want. I I saw it today. I was just buying vinyl. I'm like, oh, I didn't buy it again, but I, I may someday. Um, but yeah, I think if it was just personal, I'd probably be in the three, three and a half range. Um, but it is definitely worth a, a listen, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a pretty, uh, it, it's definitely like out of historical kind of rock albums and especially as a Canadian, I think you have to, you know, give it its, uh, give it its due. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to try and find you some Iggy Azalea vinyl. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I wouldn't, I don't buy that in vinyl. Although I, yeah. I did buy NWA today. I was telling you, oh, finally okay. on vinyl. I didn't have it on vinyl. I had I own other stuff, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think is there. You know, I guess any parting thoughts or tidbits on the album you'd like to add, or you know, I guess would you recommend it? Like I said, I think I would recommend it. Would you guys? Yeah, I think I would probably tell people. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could recommend the full album honestly, but start with Southern Man, uh, maybe. Give Cripple Creek Ferry a listen, and then until yeah. the morning comes. Those are the three tracks I think that uh, I would recommend to pretty much anybody. I actually really liked Only Love. Uh, only Love. 
can break your heart. See that the pacing on that was just so horrible. For yeah, me. I, I know. I was like, ah. Oh. Just, I felt uh, myself kind of like leaning forward in time with the beat, just being like, uh, uh. uh cool. But even with that, I would still recommend at least one or two listen throughs. Like Alan said, you, you really have to get past that initial layer of kind of like, I'll call it sonic dissonance, you yeah. know, where your brain is just still trying to figure out what's going on. And you get that snapshot of this artist at the start of their career yeah. and then you can move forward to uh like you said a couple of the other albums and um and really enjoy this evolution of canadian music folk music like you said the start of grunge yeah uh, as far as some people are concerned and it's a historical landmark that must be observed yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I think it's one of those, and, and, and it's funny, there's a lot of like new alt rock and stuff that's pretty mellow and like this, so if you're into kind of folk, mellow alt rock, you, probably you would be more open to it, but if you're more upbeat, you, like us, I think you would, you know, maybe choke on some of the parts. But mm-hmm. Yeah, like and, Beck's new album, if you like Beck's new album, you'd probably yeah, exactly. ease into this, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, if there's nothing else, I think uh, we can wrap up here. Um, it's always fun to do these reviews. Hey, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we look forward to Alan's pick. I, I do have it. I won't say what it is here because like, go, go, yeah, just you know, go. There's another section of our website for the picks, and Alan's will be there. So I'm not going to. Well, I can't away. wait. Where yeah. where is that? Where is that? Oh, It'll be there tonight. www.thesoniccollective.com Exactly. Yeah, so please go there. Please visit us. Uh, we do this for ourselves and for fun, but hey, we'd appreciate uh, anybody's input. You can comment on our uh, reviews and things like that. Tell us why you love or hate things or yeah. just tell why you love or hate us. Um, yeah. That would be great. But uh, if, you're, if you're a Dollar Shave Club, send yeah. me razors and yeah, I will right. plug you. Exactly. Yeah, we'll take sponsors <laughs> or one beer. <laughs> uh, you know, I, so for uh, Scott Gregory, Alan Dupuy, and myself, Darren Scott, I just want to say thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for more uh, Sonic Collective as each month we will review a classic album and uh, let you know what we thought of it. This is the Sonic Collective signing off. I'm so-